Hi guys, welcome back to the High Vibe Alchemist podcast. This is episode four and we're going to be talking about habits today. Uh, I'm bringing up the topic of habits because I've discovered a few um, new and useful ways of looking at how to establish habits, how our brains uh, establish them to begin with, and how they can be useful when applied to productivity and wellness to create a more intentional, fulfilled life. Um, obviously I'm sure all of us at some point in time as we've grown up have been told to cultivate good habits whether it's through teachers or loved ones parents friends and colleagues and habits are obviously a great way of just getting things into a routine for you so that you can make these small steps to bigger goals Um, I think we've all been familiar with creating good financial habits so making a budget and saving uh, periodically, just so you have something that you can use in, in the case of an emergency, like a rainy day fund, or habits of uh, creating schedule in your times to study when it comes to creating um, a really good roadmap for you to, to do well on a exam or, or in a test or something that you're looking to achieve. Um, these smaller habits are always great ways to leading to bigger results. Um, and finally, as we have been hearing everywhere and everyone is encouraged to do making healthy habits when it's coming to comes to eating or creating a discipline for working out leads to really good long-term health benefits as well as just an overall um, happiness with your well well-being in general so good habits to have and we're going to build on those ideas in this episode where I'm going to share with you some uh, information and resources that I've come across in my journey that I felt when merged with productivity really helped to give you some more of that time we're looking for to explore our interests, manage our schedules, and maintain a good, fulfilling life that is balanced in a way that uh, means balance to you. Um, everybody's definition of uh, balanced life is going to look different, as I've discussed in the first, second, and third episodes. Um, so this is no different, but I'm always looking, and that's my intention, to have everyone carve out what that means for them. And uh, if any of these tips or resources can help you in doing so, then I feel like I've done my my bit. <laughs> so um, why even talk about the usefulness of managing our habits? Um, So I mentioned the idea of productivity for work, school, um, even in your personal life when it comes to fitness and health, Um, and tagging back to those concepts of creating time, um, habits allow us to create time. It allows us to create time by carving out um, areas that things are already plugged in that we know are going to happen. So like when we talked about in earlier episodes, the idea of clearing your schedule or revising your schedule and plugging in these automatic blocks of times where you don't have to think about things like, when am I doing the laundry or when am I going grocery shopping? Those things are already built into your schedule. That allows your brain to free up space so that you can dedicate to things that are of interest to you. Um, allowing you time to explore the things that are of interest that hopefully will spark into your passions if you don't know them already. And if you do have, you know, your passions, great. This gives you time to dedicate um, to those unique things. And it's working intrinsically with the way that our natural makeup is, is, is organically done and created and allowing us to have that potential to live the fulfilling lives that we're looking for. 
in the current construct of our um, lives and our society, we have an overstimulation of constant technology that's tethering us to everything, emails, phones, texts, um, social media, and it's creating a fatigue um, in our mental states and a, a mental exhaustion that leads to unmanageable stress and chronic conditions which lead to premature aging and constant states of what I I'd call and many others do of adrenal exhaustion. We're constantly in this um, heightened state of fight or flight where we're constantly stimulated by technology. Information is constantly coming to us. We're expected to react immediately, whether it's to answer your boss's email the second that you see it comes in or opening your phone every five seconds, you hear a ding, some a notification comes through to you, or you see that banner come across your screen and now you have to figure out or follow up with what that is. All of these things are stimulants to our minds and our bodies, and it affects our adrenal state and how we can adapt to stress, and it also affects the decisions that we're capable of making on a day-to-day basis. And now when we talk about um, decision-making and mental fatigue, researchers um, have come up to a point where they're determined, A, mental fatigue is real. So when we all used to joke about that crash at the end of the day or the workday, like 3, 30, 4 o'clock, where everyone is just like, I'm totally out of it. I can't make another decision. I feel a mental fog or I just close down completely. Um, researchers have come up with the, um, not come up with, but discovered the fact that that is a very real condition. And um, it's, it's called mental fatigue. And researchers have discovered that we and our brains have a standard cap of maximum decisions that we can make in a day. And so people think that decision making are the big ones, like what to, what school to send your kids to, or what to, um, buy as a house or a piece of land or what to invest in. But in actuality, decisions that we make every single day are even in the minute details of um, what side of the bed to get out of in the morning when you wake up or what pair of pants you're going to put on and um, what are you going to eat for breakfast? What route are you going to take to work? Um, <clears throat> do you have to pay for a new Metro card this morning? These are all little tiny decisions, but these are decisions no less that our brains have to work through and make. And so when these researchers were doing their work, they realized that everyone has a, an average cap of what they call 35,000 decisions that you make before you hit mental fatigue. And so 35,000 decisions may seem like a lot, but when you're taking into account the small little decisions that you're making along the way, you could easily see how that number is decreased and then understand how that mental fatigue hits in at a certain point in your day. Because by the time most of us have gotten to that point in the day, we have probably made well over 35,000 decisions. And so being uh, that we've defined this concept of mental fatigue and understanding that it is a real um, occurrence, we can then postulate, well, how does that affect everything else that go- has to go on in your life? Your work, although may take up 70% of your day and your life, it is not your entire life. And so if we're talking about this aspect of carving out time to explore passions and lead a more fulfilling life, how are we doing that if we're mentally exhausted by 3.30 p.m. every single day? 
Um, and then what does that do to affect the other areas of your life? So if we take for work example, if you're a working professional and you go to the office and you have a nine to five, or even if you're someone that works at, from home, you're a freelancer, you're an entrepreneur, you're constantly doing a million things, right? There's never enough time in the day. That's just how most of us are viewing our schedules. And so you hit this point of 35,000 decisions for that day. That means that everything else after that is less effective for the longevity of your work productivity at work as a business owner, as a freelancer, entrepreneur. So your productivity for that day and what how it affects your business and your the business of your work um, is compromised after that that point. So it is essential for you to manage your time into figuring out how you can make the most of those 35,000 decisions per day and then looking at it in a larger context of per week, per month, per quarter, per year, year annually. So you're making the largest and most effective impact on your business and the work that you provide, whether it's as an employee or as an employer. Now, when we talk about it in a personal aspect, so you've reached this max that max decision making of 35,000 decisions a day and you're exhausted and it is barely even five o'clock in the afternoon. And now let's say you're a parent or you just have a loved one or you have friends that you want to engage with. You are less present. You're less likely to be engaged. You're more likely to be frustrated. You get home, the kids are <clears throat> eager to tell you about their day and you could care less because mentally you've shut down. Um, you now have to get home, make dinner for your family, which is typically something you're happy to do and it's your time to check in and really be present with them, but you're unable to because you physically are mentally exhausted. So it's another example of how important it is to be able to manage our uh, schedules and our days and our decisions so that we have that brain capacity to interact and be present with our loved ones. That is definitely usually a priority for everyone. And if it's one of your top priorities, but all of your decisions have been uh, wasted on, on, on producing the dreams for someone else, that can leave a very big hole um, for you in your personal life. And then if we take it one step further and we talk about trying to use um, your personal time to explore your passions and interests, if you don't have that brain space and capacity to do it, when are you dedicating those times for that time for yourself so you can explore those things? If you think about a long-term goal of creating, uh, carving out a life for you that where your passions and interests lead in terms of your priorities, if you don't have the time and the brain space to dedicate to that, when is that timeline ever going to be present for you? So that's why I thought that this concept and, and understanding the the idea of mental fatigue was so interesting and how it really does link into productivity because if you can find a way to maximize your amount of decisions in a day or not even maximize but prioritize your decision making in a day, then you can really see some good tangible results as to how you're achieving certain milestones and goals when it comes to your personal and uh, professional life, whether it's running your own business or discovering an interest and passion of yours and then implementing that passion and interest into a, a life that is fulfilling for you. So how can we have habits help for us? Um, so the 
the one book I think that really made a mark for me, I actually found through my productivity research and implementation in my own professional and personal life. Um, I came across the book by uh, Charles Duhigg, who's a Yale and Harvard Business School grad. He's a New York Times author and uh, is the author of the book, The Power of Habit. And um, Charles, I thought, was really effective in explaining and breaking down how habits are formed for us in the first place, and then how we can use those habits and and the way that our brains are already hardwired to create them to expand upon building good habits that lead us to be more productive and, and be more fulfilled in our lives. Um, so one succinct story that was a uh, came out in Charles's book, and I encourage everyone to read it. I'm going to link it in the show notes. It's a really good read. Um, and I'm paraphrasing the, the scenario here. But basically, in his research, Charles discussed a, um, a client of his or a research subject of his, where he would sit down and talk with this client who had a mental, a physical condition in his brain where he could not lodge memories for a very long period of time. And so I encourage you to go into the book, read the book, and read about the story. It just really stuck with me and resonated um, about how important habits are for us and and how uh, when you create a habit, how uh, influential it can be to your entire life. So Charles recalled this uh, interaction where he had a client who could not, if you laid a floor plan out in front of him, of the client or asked him to create a floor plan of his house, he could not even identify where the rooms were. So if you were, example, in the kitchen with him, he wouldn't be able to tell you where the bathroom was or his bedroom or the living room or anything for that matter outside of the room that he was in. And uh, it really was impairing, obviously, his lifestyle because um, he could not attach these memories to, to anything anymore. But what, what Charles found so interesting was that if they were in the kitchen together and they were doing their research or conducting whatever research they needed to do for that day, the client would get up periodically and go to the bathroom and then come back. And uh, with no interruption for what their activities were doing. And so Charles asked the client, um, so could you tell me how you find the bathroom. And the client had no recollection. He was like, no, I can't. I just, I get up, I go, and I come back. I don't really recall the route that I take or um, anything of that nature, but I go. I know I have to go to the bathroom. I go to the bathroom and I come back. And so Charles uh, really researched this idea of in this person's brain, the habit is instilled that when he has to go to the bathroom, he just gets up and goes to the bathroom. His brain has created the habit of understanding how to get to the bathroom without him having to remember where the bathroom is. He goes to the bathroom, that is the habit, and then he comes back to where he needs to return habitually. There is actually no recall function in his brain that's happening that um, requires him to make the connections of the memory of where the bathroom is. He just knows he's got to go to the bathroom. So to me, I thought that, wow, that was that's such a revolutionary concept. But then when I think about um, habits of my own life, there are some things that I will do mindlessly where I realize after the fact, I'm like, 
how did I remember to um, turn off all the lights before I left the house? Or how did I remember to put my keys in, you know, um, in my bag when I don't recall doing that? And so it got me to thinking about this concept of how he's explaining in his research about how we form habits, how habits are lodged in our brain, and how they can function for us and help us to relieve us of some of these innate decisions that we're making every single day. Um, And so the idea of creating these habits, A, free you from making these minute decisions that actually add up to these 35, this 35,000 number that we're talking about and frees you up to to give intentional decision-making to things that you want to give priority to. Another example um, that I found interesting and was in a discussion with my older sister and some of her friends is that a couple of years ago, one of my older sister's friends had decided that she had read about this idea of making a um, simplified wardrobe. So I know there's a lot of talk about minimalist wardrobes and reducing um, the amount of material things that you have in your environment. But there's also this concept uh, that people are imploring where they literally wear the same thing every day. Um, I think Steve Jobs was one of those people who did this. And I think that that whole revolution or not revolution, that whole concept came out of these CEOs or these high powered professionals um, wanting to increase their productivity uh, by making less decisions on what they were looking like or appearing every single day. And so my sister's friend um, decided that she was going to make this one outfit and that would be her outfit for every single day. And so it's another example where maybe we can't be as dedicated as that. But again, if you're breaking it down in terms of the intention, you can understand how it does kind of free up the fact that you're not spending, you know, it could be 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 15 minutes a day, whatever, trying to figure out what you're going to put together to wear every single day. Those are decisions that can be stored and saved for somewhere else. So I think it's a good concept to explore and I encourage you to take a look at it and see how it can be applied to you. If it's something that you feel uh, resonates with you and tangible, take what works for you and leave the rest. Um, But going back to Charles and his concept of habits, Charles determined that basically there were three things that uh, were intrinsic to habits. There's a cue there's a routine, and then there's a reward. He started out with this concept of how every day at a certain time, he would leave his desk, go to the cafeteria to buy a cookie, and then um, have a conversation with a coworker. And he wanted to understand that habit, and that's how he came up with this cycle of a cue, routine, and a reward. So go again, again, go into the book, read it for yourself, and see if what resonates with you and how it works. But I found it to be a really great simplification of understanding our habits. The cue, as Charles described, is something that's either an emotional state, uh, something that happens, is said to you, that you see, that creates this cue for you to lock into starting to do a routine, which is the habit that you're doing. Um, And so, uh, for example, if your cue to 
your you know midday snack or something like that is you get an email every day from from somebody who you absolutely puts you in a state where you need to do something else so that email would be your cue and then your routine would be if after that email you have to go outside and you know smoke a cigarette if you're a smoker or you have to go get a cup of coffee because you feel like you need the energy to deal with what you need to do so you get up and you get your coffee that's your routine and then the reward for that is like okay now I've had my cigarette I could calm down now I've had my coffee I can um feel like I can be more focused or have some more energy to deal with this situation is your reward. So um, he really goes through that cycle and and uh, explains it even better than I have just now. So like I said, I encourage you to kind of explore it for yourself. But it is a good way of kind of understanding how our habits are formulated and a simplified view, as I was saying earlier, of the breakdown of that. So how can we create some good habits in terms of what we need to figure out for ourselves? So an example would be something like if you want to um, make a habit of going to the gym more, you might leave your gym clothes packed and ready to go um, in your closet so you don't have to do that the next morning. Or if you're trying to um, drink more water in a day, leaving your water bottle on your desk um, will give you the the cue of every time you get up, you can go and refill that water, but it also reminds you to drink every time it's there. So these are kind of the ideas that, you know, um, building good habits by basing, giving you good cues to encourage those habits to continue. And so let's talk about how long does it take on average to start a new habit. So there's been lots of research out there, but researchers have kind of settled on this number that there's an average of 66 days that it takes you, or about two months, that takes you to um, make a habit stick in your brain. Now, obviously, for some people, it's going to be shorter if you're more dedicated and um, consistent, and then it might be longer for some people. So they also have given a window where it can be as short as 18 days or can be as maximum as almost 256 days, which seems like a long time. Um, There are these new diet programs or health and fitness programs that are out like the 21 day um, diet that's coming out for um, leading to more plant based diets because they've done the research and they feel like 21 days is the average that it takes you to create a good healthful, healthful eating habit. Um, I have done a 45-day kundalini detox, which is where you do uh, kundalini exercises, meditations, and um, you you focus on a, a certain lifestyle of how you're going to eat and, and appear into the world for 45 days. That has been profound, and each time I do it, I get a heightened sense of energy. I feel like I can interact with those around me better. Um, I'm better uh, clear-minded in terms of how I'm making decisions and more intentional about how I go about my days. So I definitely feel like I have experienced in my life, and I know that there are things out there with the research that proves it, that when you implement good habits and you stick to them in certain ways, it can actually open doors into new areas for you to explore that give you a more intentional and uh, fulfilling life. So how have I helped uh, or how have I advised certain people in terms of creating these small habits? Another example in my own personal experience would be actually um, completely unrelated to if you are at work or if you're just a freelancer at home and you're trying to explore some things. But um, taking into account this example of actually my mother who had retired recently and um, as anybody who is aging, even myself, 
has started to um, see some issues with her memory. And so it got me to thinking about Charles and his story and also just things that I have known work for me even through my lifetime as being a student and um, a professional or project manager and a consultant um, of writing things down um, and physically writing. So as opposed to typing things into a computer or typing notes onto your phone, which are great if that works for you and that helps continue to do it, but the actual aspect of physical pen to paper, um, research has been proven that there is a connectivity that happens between the manual aspect of you writing and then the triggers that of uh, the synapses to your brain that links to your memory um, that actually helps reinforce that memory much more than just typing something on a computer or taking a, a verbal note on your phone. And so I encouraged my mom to get into the habit of downloading um, things that are happening from the day before, almost like a little quick diary so that she can remember things if she needs to reference back to something, let's say she did last week, Tuesday, if she had lunch with a friend or if she took the car in for service or things like that. And then also um, putting down a couple of notes of what she needed to do or she wanted to remind herself to do the next day. So if she wanted to pick something up from the groceries or grab dry cleaning or go to pick up a book that she's been looking for, um, she could put those notes down on a sheet of paper. And then the important part about uh, the list is where you leave it, obviously. So you don't want to create a list where you're having it somewhere and you're not going to find it the next day. So in knowing her particular routine, I know that each morning she gets up and the first thing she does is go to the restroom. So um, I encourage her to make the list um, wherever she is in the evening at a certain time each day. So that creates the habit of making sure that you're doing it consistently at the same time each day. And then also the habit of leaving the list out where she knows she's going to see it in the morning. So in her case, it would be right on her bathroom sink. So this habit just allows her to feel more empowered about um, how she can take control of her memory and um, free up the time that she's spending worrying about remembering things or if she's going to remember them. And so she can focus a little bit more on what brings her joy. Um, so another example for uh, our particular purposes would be um, for mindful practices. So uh, we spoke about going to the gym, I think is a great way for self-exploration. You exert physical energy, which gives you endorphins and endorphins um, raise your um, ability to find happiness or it just, you know, gives you a dopamine rush. So you are happier, um, which will make you more inclined to focus on things that will bring you joy. So it's, you know, oftentimes it'll be a good way for people to think about things or think through ideas of things they want to implement or goals they want to achieve. You are actively achieving a goal as you are at the gym. So it's a great way of um, reinforcing your dedication to creating and reaching further goals. Um, obviously things like meditation or uh, writing, I actually encourage a lot of people to just create, keep, keep a journal um, as some of us used to do when we were younger, but physically writing things out. Um, there's been research that's proven that the more you write out your intentions or you write out your goals is the higher uh, percentage chance of you actually achieving them. So why not continue to write things out uh, by hand in a journal and just keep track of um, your progress or things that you want to achieve? Um, things that I find to be habits that help for working professionals, business people, um, it may sound simple enough, but things as 
easy as turning off your phone when you leave the office if you work at a nine to five. Um, if you're a business owner, it may sound absolutely insane or impossible for you to do, but I guarantee you, people will respect your time if you establish boundaries for yourself. So if you have business hours and you want to say that you're going to work the hours of, you know, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. or you want whatever that window is, I mean, make it reasonable because as we were discussing earlier, you have other things in your life, you have family, you have friends, you have other personal interests of yours that you want to explore. So even though you are running a business and the business is yours, if the business is not your whole life and is not the entire priority of your life, you need to create boundaries that other people respect so that you can also respect the priorities that you've set for yourself. And also the other people that, uh, that um, evolve within your priority, your family, your friends, your loved ones, um, things that matter. Okay, so um, Tanya Dalton, who I've brought up before on this podcast, has um, some great tips and exercises for business professionals in the sense where she blocks out particular times in her day of her schedule daily where she is not allowed to be scheduled by other people. And so she uses that time to really focus on specific tasks and get things done so that she can um, rededicate the rest of her days to really doing all the other things that she is required to do. So that's one idea. Um, But the second idea, the first idea I gave about turning off your phone or turning off your email notifications at a certain time, just giving you the understanding that you have a boundary that you have to meet up, up against and that other people respect that boundary as well so that you're being present in the other areas of your life. Um, so those are small little ways in which you can make uh, implement uh, aspects today that will show impact very quickly. Um, as long as you're sticking with them and you're making those habits um, something that is reinforced for you. Um, So some new habits that I'm trying just to throw things out there because it's never a set in stone process. You're not going to just throw these habits in and it'll be done for the rest of your life. Um, But I have slipped into back into a lifestyle where I have a terrible sleeping routine. Um, I am not winding down before I go to sleep. I am just going through my emails on my phone. I'm doing similar things to what I'm talking about here. And I'm not really giving myself the space to uh, download and decompress. And so I'm not really sleeping that well. Um, So I'm trying to create habits where I stop at a certain time, turn off all my technology, leave them far away from me, and really create an intentional um, routine so that I can get to bed and get the most rest that I need so I can restore and be the positive contributor that I need to be in my daily life the next day. So thanks so much for listening. And um, if you've reached the end of this podcast, and I hope this resonated with you in some way, feel free to share it with anyone you think might help. That's the whole point of this platform. Um, Don't forget to send in any of your habits and tips that have helped you. Um, I'd love to share them with our community in our newsletter. And I'm looking forward to bringing forth some of those um, insights to our upcoming podcast episodes. So be sure to do that. You can drop me a line at uh, thehighvibealchemist at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the newsletter at uh, thehighvibealchemist.com. And you can send me a message or follow me on Instagram at thehighvibealchemist. So look forward to interacting with you guys some more, bringing you some uh, hopefully helpful tips 
and resources. And um, looking forward to speaking with you guys again. Have a great week and talk to you soon. Bye-bye for now.